Hello and welcome back to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast with Brant Pasalakwa, founder of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation School. In this podcast, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the show. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you made it here. One thing to realize is that achieving balance, right, through all these aspects of your nature, the koshas, right, um, basically it puts you in union with your own nature. And that's a huge deal and very few people do this. Um, so this is not, not that very few people could do this, but very few people actually bother. Um, and that includes practitioners of yoga from all over that you see in yoga studios. Um, and, and the reason most people don't do this is because most people are attractive, attracted to what they already have or attracted to their strengths, right? Um, or sometimes attracted to what they don't need, <laughs> like um, sugar, <laughs> right? A lot of times you see like, you know, really strong, flexible people getting really into asana, right? Because it comes easily. Um, it's great, but without further examination that will never achieve radical balance. So what this course has really been about is about looking at each level of yourself so you can start to sort of get a picture, right, of um, what would be needed. Um, now that might seem really like a big task, and in some ways it is, but it doesn't have to be difficult, and that's what I want to talk about for a minute. Because we can contact each kosha and balance them in a fairly efficient way. There's no right way to do this. So you could kind of walk through each kosha. Um, that would be fine. Uh, you could also um, contact the ones that you feel are, are most needed at that day, and that's fine too. But one thing you or we do really need to do is, is to be open, right, to being in contact with all the koshas so we know what's needed. So what I'm really asking you to do is to have this map in your mind and these practices in your mind and self-assess in some ways, you know, what's important and what's important to be contacted. And you can't self-assess unless you say, oh, you know, physical body, that's doing pretty good. Oh, the pranic body, let me see, let me find my breath. That doesn't feel natural. Maybe I need to do some pranayama. Oh, the, the mind, have I fed it anything? What are my thoughts these days? Have I tapped into my intuition? Am I going there? And is there any way I'm in touch with myself in the heart area and my own bliss? Like, that's the question. It takes three seconds to ask those questions and three seconds to get an answer. Now, that said, for most humans, the koshas need balancing regularly. And the reason for that is that it's not really a fixed system. When one kosher gets a bunch of input, you know, mental input, physical input, pranic input, right? All the others kind of morph around and move around with it. So it's, it's a whole, you know, it's you. It's a whole system that works together. An example of seeing how that works is like, that's why meditating, for instance, would help physical pain, right? You're meditating, you're just like, well, I'm working with the Vijnamaya kosha. And then you're like, hey, my back pain's gone. But that doesn't even make any sense. But it does from this point of view, right, where each kosha affects um, the other ones. Another common 
enough experience is feeling really blissful after doing pranayama, which is in the pranamaya kosha. But now you're like, why is this getting me in contact with the bliss body? Because everything works together um, and is interwoven. So what I wanted to do in just this brief talk is just give you a few suggestions on how to practice with all that in mind. Um, you could do a daily practice that touches all the koshas. Uh, asana, right? So you can do the short asana piece. Pranayama, pick the most appropriate pranayama. Chanting or uh, reading, whichever is more appealing to you. Um, a meditation. And then an Ananda Maya Kosha practice that you could simply bow at the end of your practice and give thanks and surrender. So that would be all the things together. So that's asana, pranayama, chanting or reading, meditating, surrender. That's a complete practice. You could do this daily. Um, the other uh, possibility that might be appealing to you is you could do that several times a week. Let's say do that three times a week. And then on the other days, do a yoga nidra. You can even do a yoga nidra in bed, right? So it's easy to get done because that touches all the koshas. So that's one possibility. The other possibility is to follow the same formula but pare it down. So for many, um, asana and pranayama are the foundations of their practice. And then you kind of um, top it off is how I think of it. So you do asana. If you're mainly like a class-going asana person, you have asana and pranayama as the main parts of your practice. You could do them together um, or you could do them separately, like go to class and then do pranayama another time and then follow that up with chanting or meditating or ananda practice. So it's like you're touching one of those other three koshas and then that'll keep you in regular contact with them. So that would be a nice way to work. Most days you do asana, you do some pranayama, and then you pick one of the three koshas left, the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, the bliss body. Just a way to think about it. Um, and then the other option is, which I think is really applicable if you're busy, if you have a family life and a job, say, you know, just got a lot going on, um, is to mix up and split up the whole thing which requires a little discipline in terms of scheduling it in your day, but it doesn't take a lot of time. So um, maybe do a little asana several days a week and then you rest after it, you're done. You know, 15 minutes, you're out. Um, and then another time you meditate or do yoga nidra, maybe several days a week you could do that. Um, you could read a poem during breakfast. That's your whole conscious mind practice. Just every day at breakfast, I read a poem. Um, and I do some pranayama before I eat lunch at work. Three minutes of pranayama. So you see, now we have a little asana, right? Uh, a little meditation, a little vijna, right? I mean, a little um, conscious mind and a little um, pranayama. So you're getting that all in, right? All those things in, and that's your practice. But you'll notice in all these scenarios I just gave you, you're touching on all the koshas regularly. Um, and that's the goal. Your motivation and your goals will determine how you practice. I kind of think of it sometimes as there's um, a few stages of practice or motivations to practice. Like, so number one would be getting out of suffering, like something's really bothering you. Like, so in the physical level, your shoulder hurts, right? You're gonna do some asana to kind of work that out. Great, you know, that's a sort of typical way out or you're having, um, you know, too many anxious thoughts. So you're gonna do some pranayama and meditation, see how that works. Uh, and then the second stage is really focusing more on not just getting out of suffering, but really widening your perspective, 
right? So you're more happy and connected. That's like the second stage of the yogi, probably. And then the third stage um, is really working on your personal union with the divine, right, as it manifests, manifests in the world. So feeling really connected to God or nature or the universe and having that, like, be a steady flow. All of these things are possible. Like, you might have all of those goals or some of them. Whatever your goals are, these stages are all achievable, right, if you practice. So what I've offered here is really a householder practice, you know, a uh, ashram or monk-based practice, right? You don't have all these pressures pushing on your koshas and unbalancing you in the doshas, vata, pitta, kapha. You don't have, oh, I got to make dinner. You know what I mean? I got to take care of the kids. I got to um, get a promotion at work, right? I got to pay the rent. Like, this is not your daily thing. Not that monks don't have stresses, um, but you know, living in the re regular world, like in the householder world, right, you're going to have pressures on all these. So it's important, right, to practice in a way that addresses, right, um, all the different parts of your being. Because without that, uh, in my opinion, um, you're not going to get where you want to go. And really, you know, one way to look at where you want to go is right being again alleviated from suffering having a wider perspective and kind of being in touch with that cosmic hum right that like that part of you that's connected and also is really happy you're alive um and that's what makes life a lot sweeter so that's what these practices are for um they also allow us really to handle duality better so we're connected to that hum Right, because we can see the beauty and the ugliness, right? The pleasure and the pain and things at the same time, and we're comfortable with it. So we're not kind of getting out of ourselves, moving towards magical thinking, but we're actually moving towards balance by working with all the koshas. Um, so that's all said really just to hopefully um, motivate you, right? To really think of this kosher balancing as like the practice that will um, allow you to live your life most fully. I hope your practice serves you well. Um, may we all find physical peace, pranic peace. May our minds be free and clear. May our vision of Maya Kosha, right, be balanced and um, may our past gratis or nots, right, be untied so that we can see our own bliss and see our bliss in others. Om Shanti, Om Peace. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Please subscribe, rate and review our show and help us share yoga therapy with more people around the world. If you think this episode will help someone you know, feel free to share it with them. If you love yoga therapy and meditation, you can follow us over on Instagram at breathingdeeplyyoga, where we share anything and everything to help you advance your understanding of yoga therapy and meditation. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com. See you in the next episode.